This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. How are we feeling, Dodger fans? Hope you're doing well out there. We sure are doing awesome right now. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are coming off a two-game sweep of the hated ones, the San Francisco Giants. Most recently, a 9-1 to beatdown of Alex Wood and the Giants' bullpen. This was just a two-game series, but the Dodgers made a statement, as I said. Tony Gonsolin absolutely shoving tonight. He picked up the W. He improves to 2-0 and on the season with a one 64 ERA. He gave the Dodgers five innings of one run ball, a solo home run to Brandon Crawford, struck out five Giants, and the Dodgers offense just exploded. I'm talking Trey Turner and Will Smith, each coming through in the fourth inning with an RBI base hit. Trey Turner has 19 RBIs. Smith has 13 RBIs. Mookie Betts connected for his fourth home run of the season in the sixth inning off Alex Wood. And then an offensive onslaught in the seventh inning. Gavin Lux with an RBI hit. Mookie Betts a sack fly. And Freddie Freeman with a two-run triple. Jake Ryder, how are we feeling out there? You know, what's funny, Kevin, is that before we recorded this, and even before the second game started, we were talking about, or at least I was, planning to talk about all of these Dodgers hitters that were currently slumping. And through the first game of this series, you would have thought that we could have a lot to talk about when it comes to that. And I think we still can because one game doesn't change um, a slump. But I do find it interesting that uh, guys that I wanted to talk about, like Justin Turner and Max Muncie and Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, all got hits tonight. Um, Muncie had two hits. Uh, he hit a home run. Uh, Betts, like you mentioned, hit a home run. He had two hits. Bellinger uh, went one for four with an extra base hit. So it was a really, really good outpouring from this offense that we've kind of been waiting around for for a little bit now. But we know that this offense is capable of putting up a crooked number. And when one guy starts to hit in an inning, it seems like it's contagious. And the next guy comes up and the next guy comes up and they're, they just put their foot on the gas. It's when they don't put their foot on the gas. That is a little concerning sometimes when, you know, they, they leave big spots or they ground into double plays to kind of kill the rally. But tonight it was an all out team effort. Really great to see. Well, you just listed a number of guys who still are slumping. Don't get me wrong, but one of them does not belong in that conversation. And that's Mookie Betts red hot right now over his last seven games, slashing a 346 batting average, 357 on base, 577 slugging two home runs, three RBIs during that span. And he's got an on base plus slugging of 762, which is well above league average, but let me move it over to David Rosenthal. Your takeaways from this Dodgers victory and sweep. Yeah, who was it a week ago on this podcast that said we were going to sweep the Dodgers and take two out of three from the Tigers? That's right. It was me because I do not believe in this Giants team. They aren't good. They are not good. They win games. They are not a good team. Two runs in two games from the Giants. Yes, they're missing Longoria and Belt and Wade. I don't care. Some of these guys have no business. I've never even heard of two of their starters from the first game. So if you're going to sit there and tell me, 
look at the Dodgers lineup and look at the Giants lineup. And you're going to tell me that the Giants are the better team. Get out of here. If anyone says that they don't know baseball, this Giants magic thing is so overblown. I don't think they're going to replicate what they did last year at all. Uh, are they a good team? Maybe. Are they a great team? Absolutely not. Are they even close to the Dodgers? Absolutely not. Two runs against Tony Gonsolin. I mean, come on. One run against Gonsolin and one against Arias, uh, who both of which got pulled after 65 pitches, which is an interesting topic we can get into later. Uh, but it's been nice as a, as a Dodgers fan to watch these last uh, two games for sure. And even the Tigers series was pretty fun to watch. Well, I agree. The Giants aren't a great team. And any Dodger fan that claims that the Giants are better than us can go to hell, to be honest. I mean, did they not watch the NLDS last season? We still won despite being the road team. And yeah, the Giants, I'm not going to sleep on them. They're decent, good. They're not great. But they're also just running into what is an elite Dodgers pitching staff right now. I mean, over their last 13 games, they got a 188 ERA. That is better than elite. That's just the best right now. Yeah, and look... The Giants pitching staff is legit. Their starters are, are good. You got Rodon pitched really well, Wood pitched well, except for about four batters. Uh, but I just don't see this off the Giants offense doing anything over the course of the year. I mean, you had guys last year, they all had their slumdog millionaire seasons. Uh, you're already seeing a lot of regression. Uh, Crawford is one of them, although we homered tonight. Uh, Posey's gone. Darren Ruff's think, the big regression. Yeah, Ruff. Uh, I don't think Wade is going to do what he did last year, which is constantly save their ass in the late innings. Uh, I saw a stat. It said the Giants and the Dodgers won on the same day. It was either 64 or 65 times last year. Uh, so that's why we lost the division by one, and that's not going to happen again this year. It's just not. So what happened to Mike Yastrzemski? Just feels like he fell off a cliff. I mean – He's hitting 265 this year. They got him, you know, pretty low in the order. They got him, what, sixth, seventh? Um, just not in the middle of that order where we've kind of seen him or grown accustomed to seeing him. Um, only a home run on the year, three RBIs, OPS of 680. I don't know what's going on with him. but He just came back well, and he had COVID. Correct me if I'm wrong. He only had, like, one good season. It's just yeah. been – yeah. three mediocre seasons since so yep don't don't gotta give him too much praise but yeah the dodgers beat the giants three to one the game before this one julio urias as we just mentioned was pulled after 65 pitches through six shutout innings lowered his season era to 188 two and one record uh and since that colorado blow up he has a 0.82 era if you wipe out that first start so Urias is in his prime right now. He is in his zone. But guys, how do you feel about Dave Roberts pulling Urias after he was just cruising through six? I, I think it was a disgusting move, honestly. I mean, he, you, you heard his reasons after the postgame. He said he was giving up some hard contact third time through the order. This is a guy who closed the World Series in the NLCS two years ago. You don't pull him with 65 pitches. He looked fine. At the, very, at the very worst, you go batter to batter. You send him out there. If one guy gets on and you want to pull him, that's fine. But he's got 65 pitches. His previous high on the season was 81 or 82, so he wasn't at his pitch count or anything. I, I hated it. It almost blew up in their face. Uh, Gratterall got into a little trouble. Vessia cleaned up the mess because he comes on this podcast and he's our friend. Uh, so, look, it almost blew up in our face, and we would have deserved to, lo deserved to lose that game because of it. 
See, it's I have a I have a mix. I have mixed feelings about that because I agree with you that if it had blown up in their face and the Dodgers had lost that game, I think the criticism would have been much louder, uh, you know, directed towards Dave Roberts for doing that. But I also I'm going to take the opposite opinion on this and say that I understand why Dave Roberts is taking it easy with guys like Urias and Gonsolin. Gonsolin, we know, injury prone. That's that's his deal. Uh, he's has has to really fight to stay healthy. And I think when he is healthy, he's a really, really, really solid major league starter. But for Urias, it's not about injuries. It's, it's about him running out of gas. And he ran out of gas in the playoffs because he was overworked. Dave Roberts used him way too much, used him in relief when he didn't have to, when the Dodgers didn't have enough starting pitching in the NLCS. So I get what you're saying that at 65 pitches, you got to let him go, especially when I didn't really think that they were getting any hard contact. But at the same time, I'm fine with it. You know, it's just like, was I pissed that they pulled Kershaw, you know, from a perfect game? Of course. Did I want to see him go out there and maybe give up a hit before they take him out? Absolutely. But in the grand scheme of things, with the way pitchers are being handled these days, I'm fine with erring on the side of caution. Yeah, I I would be with you if it was against the Rockies or the Diamondbacks or the Reds or the Cubs. But if you're playing the Giants uh, and you need to get a division win against what looks to be the top competitor in in the division, you don't pull your guy with 65 pitches of six shutout innings, 65 pitches in not a must win game, but if you believe what's going to happen last year is going to happen this year, it's a must win game. Yeah. And you can't do that in this game. You just can't. Yeah. These games are way my, more critical. Yeah. <laughs> my issue, my issue more with that was using guys that he'd used the night before and overusing guys. That was my, that was my big issue, but this bullpen is the best in major league baseball. So, I mean, I, 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 I don't mind the decision as much. Well, that's what you're going to see with this bullpen with Trinan out. You know, I mean, Trinan, uh, what, what Trinan allows is he, he's a horse who you can go to pretty much every other game. And having him lets you let lets you give guys like Gratterall and Vessia and Bickford and Phillips days off more frequently. And now you're going to see him pretty much pitching in back-to-backs for as long as the Dodgers keep winning. Max Scherzer would be so furious right now. 65 pitches, he would... He would blame. He would have kicked Dave Roberts in the dick, like a hundred percent. He would have a dead arm in June with his logic. But yeah, yeah, (laughs) I agree. It got way too cute. We saw Bruce Star Gratterall struggle. I don't think Urias going one more inning at sixty-five pitches would have. How about one more batter? How about batter by batter? And just to like kind of not correct, but add to Jake's narrative, the only reason Urias ran out of gas in the postseason was not because they were starting him too frequently it's because they brought him out of the bullpen and then expected him to start like two or three days yeah, later. i said that yeah. that's what i said well that was the whole point so dave roberts is saying i'm not going but, to it's, yeah, i'm not going to do that again but that th- this is different he's on full rest yeah i agree it's not him coming out of the bullpen and then starting a few i know ago. but but you consider long season shortened shortened spring training plus Urias is coming off a season where he pitched more innings than he's ever pitched in his entire career. He got 20 wins on the season. I mean, I don't mind it. What I do mind, and I don't even know if we want to get into it at this at this juncture, but what I do mind 
is, you know, guys like Dylan Hernandez coming out saying that the Dodgers that's, don't no, trust no, let's, him. Let's save that. That's my, we're going right, to well, that that's in a another pre- segment. That's a preview of what's to come then. Yeah. But just one more thing. I mean, look, Julio Urias is in his seventh season with the Dodgers now. Seven. This is enough of the babying. Yes, he ran out of gas last year. You want to know why? Because the Dodgers had two starting pitchers last year. That's why. This year, it's looking like we're going to do a bit better than last year in terms of depth. You got Gonsolin pitching well. You got Tyler Anderson. You got Kershaw healthy. You got, uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Dustin Bueller. May might come back later in the game. Bueller's Bueller. obviously going to be a thing. Uh, but <laughs> in terms of depth, uh, it's there, and it wasn't really there last year. You got Mitch White and Andre Jackson more mature a year a year uh, later from their, you know, rookie season. So I, I just can't believe 65 pitches for a guy throwing six shutout innings in his seventh major league season. I mean, come on, at least give him another batter. My, the thing that impressed me the most was just the fact that the Dodgers beat Carlos Rodon, Chris Taylor coming through with a clutch two out two run single that shifted the entire momentum of that game. And maybe the series in general, and yeah, Alex Vesia lights out of the bullpen, seven scoreless innings thus far. Daniel Hudson's been phenomenal. He had a huge high leverage spot in the first game. He's only given up one run over seven and two thirds innings. And then Craig Kimbrell looked a little shaky out there, but the good news is he didn't give up any hard contact, allowed a walk, a bunt. He got through it, picked up his fifth save of the season. And that's always good to see out of your closer beating the giants. So just well done for the daughters all around. Uh, Walker Buehler continues to shove as well. We saw him throw five scoreless against the Tigers. He has a 2.12 ERA on the season. Got to stop here because Clayton Kershaw broke the record against the Tigers. 2,700 career strikeouts now, passing Don Sutton. That game did suck, though, because the Dodgers did lose, but at least Clayton Kershaw got the record. He has a 2.35 ERA on the season. He is continuing to be vintage Kershaw. I know people hate like David's hate when i say that but I, there's a good case right now you could make clayton kershaw the all-star starter at dodger stadium yep yeah if, if he continues pitching the way he does of course i think i think Pro- you'd be stupid not to problem is it's not dave roberts making that decision for once you know oh we're yeah you're get, right actually we're gonna get brian snitker he, uh there's there's always class and you know dave roberts will probably be on the coaching staff yeah it's always those unwritten rules in class. I think oftentimes managers will go with the hometown player. And who on the Braves is going to start anyways? They don't really have any all-star starters. Well, I don't know about that. Freed Fried is probably going to get it together here soon. Okay, maybe. Anything else you want to add with Clayton Kershaw? He's Continues balling out. It's what I expect it's Just him. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that they, uh, they couldn't get the wit- – the offense couldn't beat the Tigers that night. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's the greatest pitcher in Dodgers history. It's that simple. Cool. It's, it's very tough to compare, but of our lifetime. And a, and a top 10 pitcher of all time. I don't think that's too bold of a statement. I think. Okay, fine. Be... Top six pitcher of all time. Okay. Wow. I, I don't. How about that, to... Kevin? How about that? We don't need is to get bold? into this. You've Kevin is flummoxed. <laughs> I mean, there's a million starters Yes, Clay Kershaw probably is top six. He's probably top four, top three. Uh, Sandy Koufax, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox. Uh, what? Bob. I'm talking all time. Yeah, Randy Johnson. So you're, but you're saying that Kershaw is better than Koufax? Yes, I am. Just because of 
the whole the whole resume. Nobody in the history of maybe sports has had a more dominant stretch than Sandy Koufax. But overall, I think Kershaw is is, is the is the best Dodgers pitcher of all time. Was it sixty five as well? That yeah, was the I mean, Twins. Yeah, no, and he then, dominated. Four time World Series champion. Yeah, we're just yeah, looking yeah. stupid time. right now. Jesus no, no, no. Christ! I knew I knew it was around three or four. I knew he got the one in the fifties when he didn't even really pitch. All okay. right. All right. Yes. Craig Kershaw is the greatest pitcher of this generation. Uh, I still might have Randy Johnson over him. It's re- it's a really tough call. I don't know. It's an interesting discussion because if, if if you take a look at the the four uh, championships that that Koufax won, uh, not to mention the four no hitters plus the perfect game, um, you know, I mean, if you if you start stacking up resumes, you know what I mean. I'm comfortable going. Clayton Kershaw top six because I'm going to go with Christy Mathewson, Walter Johnson, and Cy Young as the early guys. And then I'm going to go with Randy Johnson, Clayton Kershaw, and Sandy Koufax as the next three with Pedro Martinez just missing the cut. And then Maddox maybe after that. And Clemens, if you count steroids, but I don't. How's that list? Take a vibe check. Greg Maddox is far better than Pedro Martinez, but. Well, maybe. He had like a million gold gloves. All right. Let's get back on. Who let's, cares? Let's get back on track here. Tyler Anderson also balling out. We saw him in the flesh Friday evening against the Tigers. He has a 255 ERA. So who was the sixth man? Ottoman out now part of the rotation. He continues to shove as well. So so far, Tyler Anderson proving me wrong. That's a good segue from a question coming from one of our top listeners at X Joshma on Twitter. What food items did you guys get during that Friday game? Someone better have gotten some garlic fries. Didn't you get garlic fries? I got the garlic fries. <laughs> the crinkle, the crinkle cut, the best. How type were of they? Fry. They actually were pretty good. The the garlic to fry ratio was pretty on point, and crinkle cut are the best type of fries. I got a couple of underwhelming hot dogs. Well, um, what they were, uh, I mean, <laughs> they, they were underwhelming. I was, I, I also got two hot dogs. Uh, can you call one, them Dodger dogs guys? Come okay, on. I got, well, they, they aren't really Dodger dogs anymore. That's, the, I was, that's why that's what I'm saying. They weren't as good as Dodger dogs, but they were still good in my opinion. Uh, shockingly bad. There was no onions available no onions or, re- or relish. If you and like I asked that. the guy and it was like, yep, just no onions, like supply chain. Uh, so that was kind of a disappointment. And also they don't have straws, not even the paper straws. So lots has changed since I've been back to Dodger stadium, but, uh, yeah, that put the two dogs, uh, they were, they were solid. They were solid. And I, I also got, got I too. also got one of those chicken sandwiches from whatever that place was, but oh, yeah. it was a, the, it was a spicy chick chicken sandwich. Something? It was good. It was really yeah. good. As did I, yes, it was pretty solid. All right. Let's, uh, just go back to the Giants real quick because I forgot to mention this. Jock Peterson was held in check, didn't get any hits against the Dodgers. I think Jake wanted to talk about this. I'll ask the question right now. Did Jock Peterson deserve to get booed by Dodger fans? Yes. I mean – Go ahead. What? No, go ahead. You start us off. Okay. Um, did he deserve to get booed? He didn't deserve to get booed. But was it okay that he got booed? Yes, because 
if we remember when Jock Peterson came back to LA, I think it, what I, I can't remember if he was with the Cubs or with the Braves, but either way, Dodgers fans showered him with praise in those when he came back to Dodger Stadium in those moments. Um, so it was a little weird to, to see him get booed, but honestly, he's playing for the most hated team if you're a Dodgers fan ever. Um, the Giants and they're, they're his hometown team. So I think that that had a lot to do with it as well. And also Peter, Jock Peterson took out, you know, his, he didn't single-handedly, but he and his team, the Braves eliminated the Dodgers in the NLCS last year. Look, I want to make this very simple. If you put on a Giants uniform, you deserve to get booed. I don't care who you are, what you've done in the past, what kind of family man you are, how much happiness you've brought us. If you're in a Giants uniform, you are going to get booed by Dodgers fans, and rightfully so. I mean, the Giants in baseball terms for Dodgers fans are basically Al-Qaeda for us. I mean, (laughs) they deserve to get booed. That's just what it is in baseball terms, period. So I said on Twitter, if my my mom was pinch hitting for the Giants, I would (laughs) boo her, okay? So that's just what it is. That's part of the rivalry. So yes, he absolutely deserved to get booed, 100%. Did he deserve an ovation when he came back for the first time as I believe it was a cub? Absolutely. But now he's a giant and he deserves to get booed until the chickens come home. What if Kershaw was a giant? Until the cows was, come home. Is that the saying? Does the cows come home? Yeah, the cows come home. Okay, that's what I meant. I would but what about boo. Kershaw? What if Kershaw was a, was a giant? Would you boo him? That might be the one exception. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, I wouldn't. I would boo the Dodgers before booing Clay yes, Kershaw. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. I would, I would like go to the Dodgers like headquarters and like picket or something or protest or firebomb. No bombs, please. <laughs> All right, this is where we get, we really get into it. We're getting down and dirty now. So I'll start off with a question coming from at Mandalay Five. So what's your prediction regarding the extra money saved from the Trevor Bauer suspension? So a bomb was dropped on Friday. Speaking of bombs, when MLB Manfred, the league office dropped the hammer, suspending Trevor Bauer for two years. He is appealing it though. I don't really know the entire process, but in the short, short uh, term, what we do know is Trevor Bauer won't be pitching for the Dodgers right now. Regardless how you feel, whether you think it's unfair or fair, we can get into that as well. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be wearing a Dodgers uniform again, regardless if he wins his appeal. I think that the Trevor Bauer era is over. And unfortunately, it just did not work out. He gave them, I believe, 14 starts. The Dodgers paid him $42 million. With that 17. saving or yeah, 17 starts. Okay. Uh, $42 million was what they paid him though. Regardless, they're now saving 60 million thanks to that suspension. So in terms of, to answer your question real quick, I think the Dodgers were already spending under the assumption that Bauer wasn't coming back. To be honest, their payroll was like in the two nineties. Now you take out the 30 million or so each year that puts them around two sixty. That's kind of about where they've been regardless. So to me, I think they already kind of had a feeling he wasn't coming back. So there's going to be a lot of money coming off the books in the offseason anyways. So shouldn't really affect their plans. And that's where I think things stand. 
kind of wild. I mean, the, the whole thing, just what a crazy, what a crazy suspension. Um, I think that if it holds up, um, the, the Dodger, I, I can't believe that the Dodgers are going to be able to get out of this contract. I mean, it just was a, you know, a, a bad contract to begin with. Um, and it ended up being even a worse contract when it ended. And so it is quite amazing to, to think about major league baseball, essentially saving the Dodgers any more heartache or financial pain as a result of the suspension. Yeah. So here's what I have to say. There's no way that MLB was not at least somewhat informing the Dodgers about what was going to happen here. Uh, they don't blindside, you know, a team and say, Oh yeah, actually your guy's going to be suspended for two years. Uh, so the Dodgers had to, had to have known something like this was either coming or possible. Secondly, he made his own bed here. There has not been in, in MLB history since this new domestic violence policy, someone who hasn't made a deal with MLB to shorten the suspension, kind of a, a quid pro quo, quid pro quo. I'll do this. You do that. I'll take less games, blah, blah, blah. He was fighting this until the bitter end. I mean, Araldus Chapman fired a gun at his girlfriend and got 30 games. Trevor Bauer got two years for this. Okay. That doesn't happen unless one, the player isn't willing to settle and going to fight it until the very end. And two, which is absolutely the case here as well. MLB and Rob Manfred was making an example of him, especially, you know, with this new wave of, you know, these new policies, they, they don't want this to keep happening. And MLB is, it's been happening quite a bit in major league baseball. Frankly, you had Ozuna recently who also got time served after choking his girlfriend on, on video in front of the cops and he got time served. So Bauer made his bed. I think he's going to pitch in Japan. I don't think he's ever going to pitch in Major League Baseball again. He might win his appeal to some degree in terms of financial uh, compensation, but he's finished. He's cooked. And I did not see this coming. I will say, like, I had a feeling we weren't going to see him pitch in 2022. I am shocked that they're suspending him for all of 2023, though. This is, without a doubt, the longest suspension in MLB history. It surpasses A-Rod, who got, uh, I believe, 162 games or whatever it was. But, yeah, uh, for Bauer, he'll be a free agent by the time this contract's over and his suspension is up. He'll be the age of 33. He will not have pitched in a major league game in, like, two and a half seasons, close to three years. So his MLB career is most likely over. I don't see how any team would want to take a chance on him at this point. There's just too much noise going on. And, you know, you're entitled to feel that the suspension might be unfair, but there's just a lot of shit going on that we don't know behind the scenes. And, you know, in hindsight, it made a lot of sense why MLB kept delaying this week by week because they clearly have behind the scene info that we are just not aware of it and it hasn't come out yet. It's no coincidence that the Washington Post published what was a third victim coming out during this Bauer whole affair. Yeah. And it's, and it's information that we probably will never know. I mean, there's a lot of things we'll never know about this, about this whole thing, but um, I think that if, you know, you're a Dodgers fan looking at this situation, I think distancing yourself from, from Trevor Bauer is probably the best route to go. I mean, he just, he, like, like David said, he, he made his bed. 
Um, he, he brought this on himself and it's, it, you know, he's, he's got to, you know, ultimately be respon- held responsible for it. And quite frankly, you know, I, you, you, you can't tell me that this wasn't a little bit of an F you from Manfred who, 100%. You, know, you know, honest was, was at odds with Bauer. Bauer was at odds with him and Bauer was constantly calling him out, constantly making an example of Manfred and Manfred said, you know what? Okay. You want to do that? We're going to make an example out of you. Um, and, and that's, that, that's part of what we're, what we saw. hundred percent. MLB for sure wanted him to take some kind of agreement or settlement of some kind. And he just, he's steadfast. So, I mean, power to him for, you know, doing what he believes is right, but he made his bed and now he's got to sleep in it and it's his bed is now going to be in Japan. So that's, that's where we're at. All right. Let's answer a couple quick questions. Then we'll get into the idiot of the week coming from at safety stars. Why are we not seeing Chris Taylor at third? This one's, you know, pretty simple. They don't really have much depth in the outfield. I mean, who's really going to play left field? Chris Taylor is your left fielder. They traded AJ Pollock. So Chris Taylor, that's why you're seeing him in left. Max Muncie has not been pretty at third, but he's at least getting the job done. And he made a just- decent double play tonight. There was one around the horn, five, four, three or something like that. But, you know, I, I generally agree. It is, it is a little bit of an adventure with him at third. And then there's Justin Turner. And I'm not going to really go into this one because I did a whole thing on it last week, but coming from at to Roscoe, talk about the Justin Turner dilemma, if there is one. I don't think there is one. You can listen to last week. I got into it. It's I'm not I don't think there is one because this team is winning. Once they stop winning and what if they get into trouble and it's and you're and you can point to Justin Turner being one of the culprits, okay, but he give him give him time he'll figure it out he's he's a he's a great hitter and and i think that the dodgers you know are looking at this you know the this new ball situation and a lot differently you see their approach is 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 changing from game to game they you know don't rely on the three run homer anymore they very much are you know walk base hit move the guy over 90 feet sack fly. I mean, it's a lot of little like, um, you know, death by a thousand cuts almost. And then the, the power does come. I mean, Mookie bats at a solo home run, Max Muncie at a solo home run. The, the hitters have to adjust to this new ball. And I think that that's also something that not a lot of people are talking about when it comes to talking about the, the slumps that these guys are in. And I think Justin Turner um, has earned the right to get our, to have our grace. And I don't think there's a dilemma at this point because the team's winning. I agree. Okay. It's not pretty, but I agree. So if he continues to play like this and we get into the postseason, that's not a problem. Of course it's a problem. We'll cross that bridge. If it it affects the team, if the team is losing, then of course it's a problem, but it's not at the moment. I don't know about that, but what are you talking about? They're leading the division. Yes, but you don't want an automatic out in your lineup, no matter how you gotta good. No, you don't. Oh, you my don't. God. It was a garbage time hit. Uh, it's a hit. Got to start somewhere. You think, about, you think about all the automatic outs that, that every other team has in the major leagues, with the exception of a few, like the Blue Jays and the Yankees. I mean, you look around the league, every team has about four or five automatic outs or three to four automatic outs. The fact that the Dodgers have one, maybe two, out of their, 
you know, all-star lineup. I just, I just don't see how that's, you know, a huge concern right now. Justin I just don't Turner see it. would be like the best player on the Reds right now. <laughs> oh my God. What are, they, the what are they? Three and 21 yeah, now? Like three and 50, Kevin. He would a be one, their like star player. A 183 batting average, 225 on base and a 481 OPS would be the Reds best player. Yes. Yes. I think pitching is more their issue, but who cares? It's the Reds. This is irrelevant to the conversation. You guys made me bash Justin Turner again when I said I wouldn't, but he's been <laughs> god awful at the plate. And there's he's no not been, it's not been good, but like why are we ragging on him? The team's winning. Yeah, I agree. The, I mean it's it's ugly right now, but like who cares, you know? Who cares if the team's winning? They won 106 games last year and the offense disappeared. You gotta well, have your hottest your hitters. You have to have your best hitters in the lineup. It's, it's May. It's early May, okay? Move them down in the order or whatever, but I mean this team is winning games because of their pitching. He's too, he's too good a hitter. I think he's going to figure it out. He'll figure it out. Just like Muncie's going to figure it out. And Mookie Betts has figured it out. Well, no, he's getting there. Both of them are, you know, Muncie was a, the first. Muncie's not stone. figured it out. He's, no, I'm saying was, he will figure first... it out. Him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not saying he has. Okay. Guys Mookie Betts not, a little bit more, though. You guys cannot say yeah. someone is going to turn the corner after getting a garbage time hit off Tyler Beatty. That's just reaching. I'm not saying we're not, not saying, saying he's turning a corner. I'm just saying he's gonna eventually. He's he will. Exactly. All right. Who wants to present this week's idiot? I do. I would like to. Actually, I would like to hear Jake's take on it too, but I'm going to set the scene because once again. So for the idiot of the week, uh, I, I would really like to get Jake's take on this because it takes a lot to get him to reply on Twitter. And he did reply on Twitter to this which means he was actually very upset by this. So (laughs) Bill Shaken tweeted out a Dylan Hernandez article. So this is what Bill Shaken said, and then I'll read the Dylan Hernandez article title. Bill Shaken, are the Dodgers inviting Julio Urias to leave as a free agent after next season? Our Dylan Hernandez examines the signs. And the article is titled, column, Dodgers proved they don't trust Julio Urias when they pulled him early against the Giants. It's pretty self-explanatory why this is an idiot tweet of the week. Uh, I mean, this guy is a year removed from being trusted to come out of the bullpen uh, when there we had no pitchers left and about two years removed from being trusted to close the NLDS, the NLCS, and the World Series. So I, I would like to hear Jake's take on this, but Dylan Hernandez honestly deserves his his jersey retired in the idiot of the week hall of fame for being a constant idiot uh but he he takes this week's uh title for sure yeah and and also if you if you read the article nowhere which i didn't i did not see the part where he talked about the dodgers inviting julio urias to leave in free agency i don't know it just doesn't make any sense to me the whole take Um, because if you think about it, the Dodgers not trust him being removed from the game has nothing to do with them not trusting him in that situation. Zero, absolutely zero to do with it. You can, you know, Dave Roberts was the one that gave the, the reasoning of that, the, the, you know, he was getting hit too hard or whatever. Um, but I think it's more about the Dodgers trying to preserve him for the long haul because 
of the amount of innings that he pitched last year. The fact that he got burned out at the end, they overused him. They actually trusted him too much last year. Um, and, and we saw what happened. The, the guy also closed out the 2020 World Series on multiple occasions, the NLCS. He was a horse. So to say that they don't trust him is just the most asinine thing. But what I said on Twitter was that it, it just sounds like middle school gossip. It's just like kind of made up out of thin air. Like it was not based on any real thing that actually occurred to support making a column like that. I just don't get it. It makes absolutely no sense. And also like, why would you like, I don't know. It's just a bad look, not only against the Dodgers, but against Julio Arias. Imagine, you know, him reading that being like, what? That's what the media thinks that nobody, that they don't trust me. Like, I don't know. I just think it's really irresponsible and it makes absolutely no sense. Yep. He only won 20 games last season. I don't know. What is there to not trust about him? I already read the numbers earlier. He has a 0.82 ERA article since the same idiot Dylan Hernandez wrote that the Dodgers need to panic about Urias this year after one bad start in Colorado where that happens. This is the same. This is the same thing that Bill Plaschke, Dylan's colleague wrote after Julio Urias's bad start in Colorado where he didn't, uh, the velocity was, was down. Is it time to worry about Julio Urias? What are you talking about? (laughs) It's like, it's, it, it almost feels like the Dodgers beat writers or their columnists are projecting their own mistrust of Julio Urias. Maybe they don't trust him. But the Dodgers trust him just fine. So the 16 and 7 Dodgers are off next to Chicago. They have an off day Thursday, and then they got three games at Wrigley Field with the Cubs. Uh, the pitching matchups aren't really out there yet, but we know that the Dodgers will throw Tyler Anderson, Clayton Kershaw, and Walker Bueller. This Cubs team, they don't really have the same star power like they did in years past. They got Patrick Wisdom at third base, who's got a team leading five home runs. 838 on base plus slugging. And then the rookie phenom out of Japan, Seiya Suzuki, 365 on base. He's got four home runs, 15 RBIs. Kind of excited to watch him, see how he does against the Dodgers pitching. And then the rest of the Cubs offense really struggles to hit. Nothing really worth talking about. This is a mediocre Cubs team, but I remember last season when the Dodgers went to Wrigley, it was absolutely. That was was the absolute worst stretch of the season for me by far. You took the words right out of my mouth, and there are some fears that the the first game on Friday might get rained out, which would lead to another doubleheader. So let's hope that doesn't happen. I feel like we kind of suck at Wrigley Field. Like, is that – I feel like that's always been a thing. It's funny you say that because they had Kershaw on the broadcast tonight, uh, which was really funny to, to listen to him. But he said that he hates pitching at Wrigley Field. He never really – he says he never really pitches well there. And we saw what happened last year. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to watch the Dodgers broadcast because now I'm back in the Bay Area, so I didn't see that. But I, I do feel like we actually kind of suck at Wrigley Field. I know Kike Hernandez doesn't suck at Wrigley Field. Yeah, That's true. a game I'll never forget. Uh, and then after the that Cubs. That was off uh, Quintana, yeah? Yep. I think Kike homered off three different pitchers. And then Justin Turner off John Lackey. Yes, but that was but at that was at home. I know. I was there, Kevin. Um, after the Cubs <laughs> – the Dodgers play the wonderful Pittsburgh Pirates. That'll be in Pittsburgh. 
And I don't even know who's on the Pirates anymore because that team is just unwatchable. Brian Reynolds. Yes. And, Brian. Uh, and key Brian Hayes. David Bednar is a good reliever. We should steal from them at some point. Hey, maybe we'll get to see O'Neill Cruz. Maybe they'll call him up. It'll be the also, second the second coming of Jordan Alvarez. Uh, they also have Daniel Vogel back on that team. Who's oh, um, I like him. He's got a st- nice sturdy frame to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, not really looking the slimmest these days. Yoshi Satsugo. Oh, yeah. How's Yosh doing this year? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. But I think I think last I checked, he was under 200. Key Brian Hayes last season hit a home run and pulled a, a Justin Turner because he overran his rudder <laughs> yeah. and they overturned it. So well, that's he missed the memory. base, didn't he? Yeah, I think he just missed the base. He missed the base, and yeah, I think he did all of that. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, he did have base. a couple base running errors. I remember too. All right, I think that's a that's that's about it. That's gonna wrap it up. So let's just move into our final thoughts or any other things you guys wanted to discuss on this podcast this week. The only other thing I wanted to say is is I don't and, and sometimes I well I, I'll just say a flat out statement. I I don't understand Twitter. Like sometimes I I put stuff out there that you know I think is gonna do really well and it barely does anything, and then sometimes it's just a throwaway tweet and it ends up getting a lot of a lot of play. This one tweet that I had tonight where I said most people owe Tony Gonsolin an apology is freaking taken off right now. And I'm actually kind of happy about it because I feel like most people do owe Tony Gonsolin an apology. This guy has been nothing but good for this team. When he's been out there, when he's been healthy, he's been as solid of a starter as you could ever ask for. He just, A, hasn't had the consistent turns in the rotation yet. And B hasn't been fully healthy. And this year he's both. And guess what? He's successful. And he is, is pitching lights out. And I couldn't be more happy with uh, the stuff that I'm seeing from Tony Gonson. They're building him up. Uh, he went past five innings today, which I thought was re- or no, he went five no, he innings went five, today. Yeah. Um, hasn't gone past five innings is what I was going to say, but he honestly looked really sharp. Uh, the curveball looked really good. Um, and he's got an ERA of 1.64. I mean, what more can you ask for that? He's two and zero on the season and he's pitching really well. So I, I do feel like most people owe him, owe him an apology. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize. Uh, I have always said Tony Gonsolin with command is Greg Maddox and Tony Gonsolin without command is Chanho Park with diarrhea. So that's kind of where I'm at with Tony Gonsolin. Kevin's giving me a look right now. Kevin compared him to Greg Maddox. No, no, no. With, with command, which over the last year and a half, even into 2020, has not been a thing with Tony Gonsolin. I mean, he's the issue he runs into is he can never be efficient and he, he walks too many hitters with command. And when he's healthy, he's legit. He's very good. I'm not saying I've said he's Greg Maddox. That was an embellishment, as was Channel Park with diarrhea. Although that one was more close than Greg Maddox. But the point is, with command, Tony Gonsolin is that guy. The problem is, we haven't seen him string together starts with command until about right now in the season. So I'm looking forward to. He to did have. He up. did have. He did have a stretch like that in 2020. And yeah, uh, 2019. Yeah. Well, yeah, when he first came up, absolutely, and maybe a little bit in 2020. But since then, it, it just hasn't been it. I don't know that. I don't know where he ranks in terms of 
the top five, but I know for a fact since his debut, he ranks in the top five for lowest ERA. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't I don't buy into just straight up ERA stats. I, I look at what I'm watching and what he's contributing. Well, and right now he's this season, this season he's been phenomenal. No one's denying that. I'm definitely not denying that. And speaking and back to Yoshi Satsugo. He is batting 188 with zero home runs and seven RBIs with an OPS under 500. But yeah, Tony Gonson has a 268 career ERA. That's that is not Greg Maddox, but that's legit. It's pretty damn good for a guy that's not really had a full shot yet, and he's I, getting it this year. He is, and they need him. They, I mean, they're gonna need him. Especially, they really do need him. Yeah, I mean, they need him to at least go five innings and you know can compete every every fifth day for sure. My final thoughts are this month of May is very favorable on the schedule for the Dodgers. Three with Chicago, three with Pittsburgh, four with Philly, four with Arizona, three more with Philly, three with Washington, four with Arizona, and then three more with Pittsburgh. So that is like a 27 or so game stretch where you should probably win 20 games. Uh, And obviously they're going to play, they're going to have months, much tougher than this. So they got to capitalize versus these bad teams. I think they're going to run into a little bit of trouble with Philadelphia. It's a very potent offense, uh, but Arizona, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, again, uh, Nashville, Arizona twice. You said, yeah, yeah, did I? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's seven games versus eight games with Arizona and six versus Pittsburgh, seven versus Pittsburgh. So you got to capitalize on those games. You, you absolutely have to, if you want to, Put this, put this, uh, put the Giants and the Padres in the rearview mirror and keep them there. Great opportunity for Cody Bellinger to turn his season around. He has fallen into a pretty big slump. He is two for his last 24. That's bad for an 083 batting average. No home runs, one RBI. He's down to 205 average on the season, but at least he works the count, gets on base. 709 OPS is something you can absolutely live with. And the four home runs is kind of a trend with the Dodgers right now because none of them are really hitting for that much power. So I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for Bellinger to get back on track. It's a great opportunity for Max Muncy, who is also in a massive slump, to get on track. What was it? They said it before the, their last out, that last little outburst against Tyler Beattie, that Muncy and Turner, and you can throw Bellinger in there too. They had to have been at like two for their last 68 or something stupid like that before the muncie single turner and muncie combined for over 31 the last hit was we were there was justin turner's home run on friday and freddie freeman continues to tear the cover off the ball um yep. and just produce um uh, another two rbi he had a triple right it was a triple yep two rbi triple tonight and that, that ended the game and just his I mean, he's a walking machine. I thought Max Muncy walked a lot. But Freddie Freeman walks a ton, uh, and he just works the count. Great at bats. Um, the only thing you know that that we are going to see more of, I have no doubt about this, is the power. I agree. He's gonna get to. He's gonna get close to thirty home runs. There's no doubt about it. I don't really have a great track record of Freeman, so I don't know how he typically starts off historically in the month of April. But I know for sure down the stretch, he is always one of the hottest hitters in Major League Baseball. Proved that when he won the MVP in 2020, and he's been on numerous all-star teams as well. So, so it's, it's, it still takes my breath away that Freddie Freeman is a Los Angeles it's Dodger. Unbelievable. What a pickup. 
So, yeah, I think we've covered it all tonight. Your Dodgers, 16-7. and seven. It's good for first place in the NOS. It's way too early to track standings, though. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Incline Dodgers wherever you get your podcast. Follow Fansided. They got all the sports coverage. You got the NBA playoffs going. You got NHL Stanley Cup chase going. I, we don't even do out of left fields really anymore. I don't know if we have that to talk about, but whatever. The Lakers are searching for their head coach. Bill Jackson's involved. That's kind of weird, but <laughs> figured I'd get that out there last second. But yeah. That's it. All right. Dodgers got some cupcake matchups coming up. They got to take advantage. Have a great week, everyone.